I mean, validate the pain that they went through. You know, that sounds really hard. Yeah. I'm so sorry you went through that. That's that's a big deal because when, there's nothing worse than sharing your story and then being told it's not really anything. Right. Um, that that stopped me for a good decade oh. uh, from getting help um, from a sexual assault. Was mm. uh, I told people and they didn't think it was a big deal. And so I agreed because I had no other point of view. I didn't know. I thought, okay. Oh started a, a big old downward spiral yeah. into the, the alcoholism. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with the leaders in our community. Joining me today is Ginny Priz from Bloom Today TV, where she is an anchor. She's also the author of the book, Ditching the Drama. She is a Christian speaker and coach passionate about ditching the drama and loving life. It is never too late to enjoy a journey filled with serenity. September is Recovery Month. And what a better way to talk about recovery than with someone who knows it firsthand. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It is Recovery Month, as we mentioned. So you tell me, what is recovery? Oh, recovery <laughs> has such a stigma to it, doesn't it? When, yes. we, when we talk about recovery, a lot of people think of like drugs and alcohol, and and that's so important and so um, so needed. But I think really, when you get down to the nitty gritty, um, the, there's a reason underneath um, why people decide to turn to drugs or turn to alcohol or turn to gambling or turn to, you know, whatever it is. It's just a symptom of a deeper wound. And so when I hear recovery, I actually think of recovery from earlier hurts and traumas and wounds that have happened to us when we were younger. And we just kind of have to get through through the layers in order to find the healing that's underneath. And none of us get out of this world unscathed, right? We all have wounds <laughs> and hurts and, and things that, that we need recovery from. It's just, it's emotional healing, healing for our soul rather than just our physical body. I love that explanation. And that's what drew me to want to ask you on the show was because it's really easy to say them, those right. people. And right. the truth is, and, and this is what I loved is that you get that it's it's a deeper thing. And I I I'm a recovery coach. I work with women in recovery. But so often I don't I feel like that doesn't get delved into. Now, I do do that. But it's like almost like, OK, I'm good now. Let's keep going. And I feel like when we begin to heal that wound, whether it's that little girl, that little boy that was hurt somewhere down the line, then we give them a voice. And that's when healing can really happen. And I feel like I heard you say that. And I was like, we need her on the show. So what yes. brought you to this work? Oh, well, you know, I have wounds of my own. <laughs> <laughs> really? Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I came I came to it through alcohol addiction. Um, in 2011, I, uh, I got a DUI. And that, that wasn't necessarily enough to um, get me to stop drinking, <laughs> but it was, it was enough to see, okay, what do I need to do in order to get better? And it started me on the path to recovery. When I realized there were some people that spoke positive things into my life, and when I realized that I had more to offer and wanted to offer more than how I was living, which was just working all day, white knuckling it, and then going home and drinking all night. And I wanted more to my life than that then if I want to do that, I have to stop drinking, um, <laughs> which brought me to celebrate recovery in a 12-step program mm -hmm. and doing all of that. But then once I, I got under the first layer, I realized there was more things that needed to, to be healed because I was doing a lot of stuffing of my emotions. 
So my first round of the 12 steps and working through them, I was focusing on alcohol, but then there was all of this codependency that was still there and coming up. And I started to learn more about about trauma and what trauma actually was. And I, I wrote my book, Ditch the Drama. Love it. Uh, which I think that drama is just when we play into the enemies. You know, I'm, I'm Christian. I have a very Christian and biblical worldview. And so there's an enemy that is after our soul is what I believe. If we are going off track, that's where he wants to lead us into mm-hmm. more drama, creating more chaos. And if I'm surrendered and following God and, and letting him take the lead, then there, there may be struggles, but those struggles are going to lead me toward healing. Mm. rather than into the chaos, into the drama of life. And I was always searching for balance and peace internally and emotionally. And I think I just didn't want to ever stop until I had it. Like I'm I'm an idealist. I feel like, yes, <laughs> someday I can find <laughs> the absolute best balance and I will get all the healing. And so I wanted to really chase after it. And I wanted to help others as well, let them know they didn't have to stay stuck in all of this drama and chaos and this pain that we carry around with us every day, this anxiety that I had that was overwhelming. I wanted people to know you don't have to stay stuck there. I was really motivated to, once I got some healing, to let other people know, hey, there's there's more out there. You don't have to stay where you're at. Two things I thought of while you were talking. One is explain what Celebrate Recovery is. Most people, I think, have heard of the 12 steps, but what's Celebrate Recovery? Yeah, so Celebrate Recovery is just a Christ-centered version of the 12 steps where, uh, you know, originally, actually, the 12 steps AA uh, was developed by um you know, Bill W and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so but it, originally Christ was a part of it and, and it was a Christian program. And what they did was they took God out of it and they let everyone use their higher power so that recovery could be more universal and encompassing. But the 12 steps are actually based on a biblical style of living. So Celebrate Recovery sort of put the God back into it. And it takes uh, scripture and biblical principles to to overlay and go side by side with the 12 steps. But it's and it uses Christ as the higher power. So it's a pathway. Yeah. Well, it's a twelve step recovery yeah. program. It's definitely it just takes it and adds a, a Christian worldview to it. But it's still the same twelve steps that exactly. an AA or any anonymous group would be working. Yeah. With. Yeah. And I, I know some steps might be easier than others. Uh, the gals that I coach, <laughs> they're like, I'm stuck at four. Is four a particularly difficult one? Yeah. <laughs> yes. At, at four, that's when you are looking at, you're taking inventory of your life. So mm. you're looking at everything as a whole and you're trying to find out what's my part, what's other people's parts. Mm-hmm. And it it can get really over overwhelming. What we did now in my journey, I'm working with Bloom in the Dark as vice president. And that's a, a word, 501c3 charity. And our mission is to really help people recover from the hurts and trauma and let them know that they're not alone and there is hope. So we developed a curriculum called Recovery Strategies for Life, which can be done side by side with the 12 steps or it's, we, we say it's Recovery 2.0. <laughs> so it really does get to the meat of the trauma and the original wounding, whereas you know the 12 steps 
are, are talking about where you are now and the symptoms. Mm-hmm. But w- when you are really getting down into that trauma work, we wanted people to have something to help them with that. So that's what we have developed and, and are still developing. What we ended up doing was spreading it out a little bit. So you're not looking at everything all at the same time, because that's where people do get stuck. It's overwhelming to yeah. think about everything you may have ever done wrong <laughs> right? <laughs> or anything that's ever upset you in your life. You're right. supposed to sit down and look at. It's hugely helpful. Good. I mean, it, it really is. It's a really good thing, but it can be overwhelming to do all at once. Right. And of course, recovery taps into shame, which we all know Brene Brown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shame and guilt. And I mean, that's, that's one of the huge reasons why we turn to drugs or alcohol or food mm-hmm. or gambling or whatever the thing is, is because we can't handle looking at ourselves and seeing what's in there. Because if we do, we think we're going to have to live with even more shame. Because mm-hmm. if you think something's broken inside of you, why do you want to keep looking at the broken part inside of you? Why do you want to come to face to face with that? Mm-hmm. But what's fantastic about recovery is that when you actually are are looking at it for real without that gloss of shame over it, what you realize is you were never actually broken. There never was anything mm-hmm. wrong in there. It was the running away part that was keeping you stuck in the shame. Oh, that's said so beautifully. Man, I just have so many questions for you, and we don't have a whole lot of time, but I want to get to your book and TV. But one thing that came to me is talk to the person who maybe has had a DUI. They're they're in that place of, I don't even like to use the word denial because it's like, wait a minute, maybe there's another way. Can you talk about that since you were there? Sure. When I got my DUI, even before that, I was thinking, am I an alcoholic? What do I what do I really need? And I had this idea in my mind that an alcoholic was someone who lived under a bridge and was homeless and didn't have a job. Mm. And until I was at that point, I really didn't need help. But what I realized, (laughs) you know, later on down the road is that we all need help 100% of us need help. We can't do this alone. And if I had gotten on that on the recovery train faster, I thought I was not going to fit in because I wasn't an alcoholic, like enough of an alcoholic. Right. I'm say. not like them. Um, right. Exactly. <laughs> like what they're going to look at me weird because they're going to think, oh, well, I got it all together and they don't. And you know what? Everyone who walks in those rooms knows that they are, that, that we are all broken and we all need help and we all need hurting and we're there to help each other. Mm. So I have never walked into any recovery room, whether it's, you know, Celebrate Recovery or AA or any of the others. I have never walked into a recovery room and felt like people were judging me. Instead, I felt like, oh my gosh, this is a home that is that is welcoming. You know, not not everyone is my cup of tea, but we all recognize that we all need help and mm-hmm. that's okay. And I think just taking away the stigma of like, oh, well, you need to be in a specific place before you get help. Um, No, we could all use like tweaking and all use more peace. And that's really what it's about is getting getting more peace in our lives and less struggle. And Mm -hmm. we all have struggles. So who want you know, who wouldn't want less struggle? (laughs) Right. Well, thank you for sharing that. The thing that I notice is I've been a coach for over 20 years. So I've coached people. I I don't know how to say it. I'm putting parentheses in the regular world and in the recovery world. And what I love about people in recovery is they so get that they have to be centered daily. They so get they have to be connected to their source. And I love that you have a program. So where do you want to go next, your book or the TV show? I will go to the 
TV show. Bloom Today is our television show. Um, again, Bloom in the Dark is the is the 501c3 charity. We have an app that is called Bloom Channel. Oh, And so you can go to Roku or Apple TV or on your phone, tablet, wherever. And you can go to the App Store or the Google Play and download Bloom Channel. Okay, And that will have all of our television shows. It has Recovery Strategies for Life show as well. So that's the the how to recover. Mm -hmm. Like I talked about the 2.0. And it's also our Bloom Today is the show that we do. It's around the world. We're in over 30 networks around the world. We're in three different languages. It's exploded because no no one wants to talk about the pain of abuse and where people have been and how God came in and healed them. But we talk about the real stuff, the raw stuff, the the TV 14 stuff. (laughs) It's, It's real because we want people to know that they're not alone and there is hope. And the only way to let them know that, yes, we understand is to share our own stories of brokenness. We have some amazing stories on that show. Um, and we're going to be adding another three more seasons to it. Wonderful. Uh, this year and next year. And so that's exciting. Bloom Channel is w- what you can search for to download the app and you can get access to all of those episodes and more. We're, we're collecting more from other people, more about recovery, more about healing from trauma, abuse, brokenness, addiction, and it's all in one place because we wanted something that was in a resource that we could go to that was free, that was diverse, and we, we never really found that for ourselves, so we decided to create it. I love it. And I love what it says about your show. A revolutionary Bloom TV channel shining the light into darkness of brokenness and abuse. Use the fertilizer, oh my gosh, of your past to bloom today. Bloom today. That is fabulous. I love that. Because I think that... So many people want to live this like pain-free life, but the truth is, you know, Kelly Clarkson, what doesn't kill you make you makes you stronger. And here she's <laughs> going through this horrible time in her life. But it is so true. And I come from a past uh, similar with childhood stuff. And I never say, oh, I wish that didn't happen because I love the person I am today because I've yeah. done the work. For the healing. So exactly. That, that for, you know, whatever doesn't kill you, make you stronger. Right. I'm like, I don't know about that. I had a lot of stuff that didn't make me stronger. What made me yeah. stronger was healing from those things. That is so good. Yes. To heal from them. Yeah. Right. Instead of stuffing it under or <laughs> looking away, <laughs> right? This never happened. <laughs> and it's not easy. And that's why I respect people that do the work because yeah. it's way easier to just go, yeah, I'm not going to look at that. It's way yeah. harder to look at it name it and walk through it. And what I learned early on was it's the way through. So the app is called Bloom Channel. Okay. And then let's talk about your book, Ditch the Drama. drama. (laughs) I love that so much. What inspired you? Was it just your story or? No, actually, as I said earlier, I wanted people to know they didn't have to stay where they were. Mm-hmm. Day to the drama is it's the serenity prayer, you know, at least the first part that everybody knows, mm-hmm. um, which is God grant me the serenity to, to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. And I unpack it phrase by phrase and wow. sometimes word by word to share all of the good stuff that's in there. And one of the things that I that I think is particularly striking that that people have reacted to is that, you know, when we talk about accepting the things we cannot change, we always think about the negative, like, oh, I've got to accept this negative, this mm-hmm. negative thing. Got, but what we don't necessarily focus on is God is never changing and he is constantly loving us with this incredible, amazing, overwhelming love. And if we are not accepting it, 
Mm-hmm. then we're never going to be able to accept the negative things that have right. happened if we don't put it into framework of the fact that that's not the end, right? We mm-hmm. have to accept the love too. And if we can accept that, then we can, with Christ, we can do all things. And right. so in, in that way, I think it's it's kind of turning it on its head a little bit. Like what are the really good nuggets mm-hmm. in there? Because that saved my life. That that prayer was just us, became such a mantra for me mm-hmm. in my darkest places that okay, I can get through this and I don't have to keep hitting my head against the wall trying to do the things that I can't change. Just let them be and then, and then actually work on the things that, that I can change. I love that. It's like in coaching, we say what you resist persists and that Mm. accepting it rather than trying to always push it away and kick it out is much healthier, but it just seems so opposite of what we think. Right. Yeah. Right. It's it's not our instinct mm-hmm. to to do that. Our instinct is I don't like that, so I have to change it and I have to control that and I have to make sure it behaves the way I want it to. Mm-hmm. And otherwise it's the end of the world and it's really not like yeah. s- surrendering and letting go. It was the scariest thing I've ever done, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's scary. Talk about um, that more. It's I mean, in recovery it's you know, let your let your higher power, right? Or in my case it's it's let just surrender and let God take the lead, let him take control. And there's so many things in this world that are unjust and unfair. And so you think to let go, it means all of these terrible things are going to happen to me and I'm no longer going to be able to protect myself. Mm. And, you know, it feels like, oh, this white flag moment, it means I'm going to be a prisoner of war somewhere. <laughs> it's going yeah. to get even harder, but that's not the case. It's, it's so not our instinct, but when you let go or when I, I'll I'll talk about my experience. When I let go, it was like I released so many things. And initially I started to feel a lot of emotions (laughs) because I was surrendered. I wasn't trying to hold it all in and control it. Initially, I just sort of had this overwhelming uh, emotions start bubbling up and I had to sort of, I had to keep releasing them. Mm. But, and that's, that's more of what I had to surrender and more of letting go that, that's, so, that's such a big part of the healing process is just letting go. And I realized I, all of that time that I was trying to hold on and all that time that I was trying to make it the way I wanted to make it, it was just fruitless and pointless. And I could have enjoyed the time, that time that I was trying to control and make it look a certain way and feel a certain way. I was I was losing time where I could have enjoyed the people around me. I couldn't, you know, I could be present with them and enjoy their presence and enjoy a sunrise or a sunset mm-hmm. and and nature and just the very small things in life. I I was so busy trying to control them that mm-hmm. I never enjoyed any of it. <laughs> yeah, and it's like control. It's like we think we have control and that's why it's so hard yeah, to yeah. let go, but we don't. And th- that's such yeah. a crazy, crazy thing to think about. So talk about, if you don't mind, family, because this is, it's not just the person in recovery, then it's family. And uh, what about that? Oh, yeah, that's. (laughs) So I was the first person in my family to really recognize that there were and, and admit, I guess, public, especially publicly, that there was any kind of issue with alcohol. And so I had no idea how that would be accepted or if my family would tell me I was crazy. They didn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm an only child, so I didn't have siblings to compare myself to. I was blessed there. But once I started the conversation, I think it was easier for them 
to to start the conversation as well and to to start to come to terms with what the the generations before me had been had been dealing with. I think it's been good for the for the family, for my family anyway, because I think that they have just realized more about themselves and their parents and and so on and they've understood more about themselves in in this process. Mm-hmm. And so I've been blessed and lucky that um my struggle hasn't taken them down with me but it's been something that's a- allowed them to to blossom as well in in the realm of recovery. Yeah, so it's kind of breaking that chain of yeah. 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 Breaking the chain, breaking the ice. Yeah. First. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, first the I'll ice, first. then the chain. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So much of so much of what I do now um, with Bloom Today and the show and, and the book, it's it's breaking the ice for people. So it's giving other people the opportunity to go second. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm and I'm OK being brave enough to say I will go first and I will share all of my dirty laundry because you you need to know that you know that it's okay mm-hmm. that i don't have shame with my dirty laundry uh, and i'm forgiven and free from that and i'm healing mm-hmm. and i'm not perfect but i'm i'm healing and i'm willing to do that and so i think it just gives other people the freedom to really start to share their own stories without shame well and i just look at you and you're so beautiful you can't see me but i can see you <laughs> and I think of somebody comes in and then they see you as this anchor on TV, this author, speaker, and then you tell them this story and they're like, oh my gosh, there's hope, right? It's so important to share a story. If somebody say, maybe I don't have the experience with it, but somebody kind of shares their story with me. I want to, of course, if I can point them to resources, but what's the best way to respond to somebody's story if they just sort of spill their guts and you're like, ah, what do I do? Wow. Um, <laughs> you don't have to say a lot when someone is willing to share. I mean, someone who's already willing. That's amazing. Um, I would say that the most important thing is to listen without judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need to have an answer necessarily for them because it's not, there. there is no easy fix for life and, and these kinds of struggles. It's it's so important not to to judge or shame mm-hmm. or tell people what they should have done. I hate should. Um, yeah, don't should all over anybody. Right. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's okay. Like this this is where you're at, and and it you know sometimes it can it can trigger a listener where they're like, oh my gosh, you did that thing that that person did to me, right? And, <laughs> you know, and so it, if that happens, the if you can understand that in that moment of vulnerability, if you start to judge them in that moment, they could shut down for another 30 years. Um, and so it's, it's really important just to, to allow them to, to share their emotions, share their feelings. If they want help, I would suggest you can always point them toward our, our website, bloominthedark.org. If you go to bloominthedark.org backslash resources. We have a whole list of hotlines where, where you know, if it's something that's, that's dire and immediate, you can always point them to the right hotline. Great. And then there's additional resources there as well for people. And where can we get your book? Uh, wherever books are sold. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> and Amazon and... Ditch the drama. There's so many takeaways, but the one takeaway that really, I feel like hit me between the eyes was listening and that you don't have to have a solution or an answer. I feel like so often when people in pain 
finally start to share that it scares people and they feel like, oh, I got to fix this. And that the best thing in the world is is to listen and not have a fix or an answer. That just about made me cry. Yeah. When you and if said you can that. just, I mean, validate the pain that they went through. You know, that sounds really hard. Yeah. I'm so sorry you went through that. That's that's a big deal because when it, there's nothing worse than sharing your story and then being told it's not really anything. Right. Um, that that stopped me for a good decade oh. of, from getting help um, from a sexual assault. Was mm. uh, I told people and they didn't think it was a big deal, and so I agreed because I had no other point of view. I didn't know. I thought, okay. Oh. I'm and so sorry that, really, that happened that, to you. That's really yeah. started a, a big old downward spiral yeah. into the, the alcoholism. But yeah, it's it's just validating people's pain and, and letting them know that they're not. And if you are Christian and you can always pray with that person yeah. as well and encourage them in, in the Lord, if not, you know, with mm-hmm. the outside circumstances. Great. Well, thank you so much. I know that I'm going to get your book where books are sold <laughs> because I really want to read your story. And and I think that knowing we're not alone is the biggest thing. And we're in a pandemic where people are especially feeling alone. Yeah. So knowing yeah. that maybe I have this horrendous story, I've kept a secret forever, there is a place to tell your story. And it's important. Your story matters so much. Yeah. So thank yeah, you, Ginny Priz. And I will have all your links underneath the show notes. And thank you so much for taking time for us. Thank you so much, Lori. You have a blessed day. I will. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something about recovery. I know I have. Join us next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference. I mean, validate the pain that they went through. You know, that sounds really hard. Yeah. I'm so sorry you went through that. That's that's a big deal. Because when it, there's nothing worse than sharing your story and then being told it's not really anything. Right. Um, that that stopped me for a good decade oh. of, from getting help um, from a sexual assault. Was mm. uh, I told people and they didn't think it was a big deal. And so I agreed because I had no other point of view. I didn't know. I thought, okay. Oh. Started a, a big old downward spiral yeah. into the, the alcoholism. 